Hello, and welcome to this episode of Your Destiny Today with your hosts, Anthony Turner and Megan Ortega. Join us today as we explore a wide array of topics from a kingdom and biblical perspective. It is our goal to inform, equip, and mobilize you to walk in the fullness of your destiny today. Now let's join Anthony and Megan. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Your Destiny Today. I am your host, Anthony Turner, but I have the special privilege now of being joined with my co-host for at least once a month, probably a little bit more than that, uh, my co-host, Megan Ortega. Hello, Megan. How are you? Hi, Anthony. I'm doing really well today. Well, I'm telling you, I am excited. It is it is a thrill. We talked and kind of uh, let people know um, the last time we were together that this would be something that we would be doing is at a minimum of once a month, getting to team up and, and talk about different topics and different things that affect uh, culture, that affect the body of Christ, that affect families. And uh, I, I honestly, I don't know any better person I would rather team up with. Um, Megan and I have had the opportunity to, of course, talk and talk about different things that we were going to uh, touch on, hot topics that uh, to use a, uh, I'm from the South, I am from Alabama, but <laughs> actually Megan taught me a new colloquialism as we were talking. She says, yeah, I've got some things that have burned my butter. And I was like, <laughs> what? Oh, I love it. So anyway, so uh, Megan is with the, with me today and she'll be with me possibly even more than once a month. But uh, and uh, right now we're doing some audio podcasting for uh until we get some other things worked out. But then you'll see both of us on screen at some point in our video podcast. So I am just thrilled and excited. And uh, I'm going to uh, turn it over to you for a second, Megan, just to kind of uh, you do a, a free flow and just let let our uh, audience know uh, what what you what you hope to accomplish uh, when we get together for these for these podcasts and these talks. Well, thanks, Anthony. I'm really honored to be on with you. And it's, uh, it's really exciting and fun to have a conversation with somebody who's um, like minded and hearted, but with, you know, your own perspective. So it's really, it's really fun to get kind of lost in conversation with you. Um, and I think that burn my butter might be a Dolly Parton from some sort of a maybe nine to five or a steel magnolias, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, I feel like I can hear it in her head. That really burns my butter. But anyway, um, and I love butter. Um, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so some, I've just been thinking a lot about culture and where we are, um, uh, culturally with kind of the changing of the guard in a lot of ways um that's going on right now and um um sort of what i would call getting back to ancient paths um that i feel that christianity has probably lost over the last 50 to 100 years maybe yeah yeah um and um and and kind of pulling back to what does it mean to be a human made in the image of god and i guess that would be 
the theme that uh, if uh, if something's going to burn my butter, it's going to be when the image of God is messed with in people. Um, and you and I had had, you know, a, pre a previous conversation to this, but you were talking about the mama bears arising. And that is one of the mama bear things, I guess, that gets me right. um, is, is um, when uh, you have um, an attack by what I will what I say, principalities, powers, and, you know, spiritual powers of darkness um, against the image of God, which, you know, goes back to the garden. So, um, so those are kind of my, that's a broad way of looking at um, the things that I get passionate about, I suppose. Well, you know, the thing that's beautiful about what you just said, and something that I feel like all of us need to really slow down and and, and, and get that aerial perspective of is the fact that what is, what is all of this about? You know, one mm. of the things that, that I like to sometimes slow myself down because, you know, you can get em, embroiled and impassioned and, and overheated about a lot of things, but, but, but the, but the way to be effective in navigating some of those things is to slow down uh, walk in the peace of God and say, okay, what is, mm. especially we know the Bible says in John chapter 10, that the thief comes not, but mm. for to steal, kill and destroy. Now mm -hmm. I just quoted other King James because I'm, uh, that's, that's what I learned in Bible school. So, My favorite. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so, uh, but, but, but I love even how the King James phrases that the thief comes not. In other words, the only time the enemy comes is to steal, kill, and destroy. So that should be an indication that uh, part of what's happening in our culture, in the world, is the thief's attempt to steal. And you you hit it right on the head when you said to to steal the image of God. The, mm. the, the you know because that's the very first thing that God says. Uh, when he talked about man, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Mm -hmm. So what better way to keep people from purpose than to steal the true image, to distort the image. Yes. And so um, first and foremost, everything that I think uh, Megan and I talk about uh, on on the show today and e even in future shows is uh, that to me would be the the plumb line or the uh, the the calibrated to zero where we know and understand that the things that we're talking about is what was in the heart and in the mind of God for mm. His creation for for man for woman for boy for girl for family for for nation for city for church what what was in the heart and the mind of god and i want our uh listeners to to kind of chew and muse on that reality what was in the mind of god what was in the heart of god when he made the declarations and the decrees that he did and so uh, from there, we're going to use that, I think, uh, Megan, if that's okay with you as our springboard. So I'm going to turn it back over to you to kind of uh, steer us uh, in, in our conversation today. I love it. So I'll use, I'll use the NLT version here because 
it's a it's a nice well it's the first one that popped up on my bible app so i'm being honest okay, okay. <laughs> but uh genesis 127 we'll just go back god created human beings or man and woman in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them then god blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and govern it reign over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground and um and god gave everything to them and then verse 31 we skip down it says then god looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good um and so that's the original and god never has given up on his plan a amen he sin did not deter him from plan a um he always said that that he gave the earth to humans and he wanted us to rule over it and to use it responsibly, mm -hmm. not as our own, but on his behalf yes. as bearing his images, his, his ambassadors. And so, but it, it takes a male and a female coming together to then create babies to then propagate and to continue this scheme. Right. So, when I look at, um, for lack of a better term, the culture wars, everything I see is aimed at stopping that union and then stopping the, um, the reproduction mm -hmm. and then stopping the well-being of those babies that have been born into right. the world. And so when we look at uh, current sexual morality, um, the state of it is terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, but then you also look at what is the what are the things being defended right now? It would be uh, the type of sexual behavior that does not lead to reproduction. Mm -hmm. And it would also then be the type of quote unquote freedom that leads you to leave lead a life of dissipation so that you never will become a productive member of society so that you will do drugs so that you will sit and play video games for hours so that you will be isolated and never come together with anybody else um and then if you even look at it like on the climate front like they're trying to kill cows like not i'm not joking in ireland they're wanting to butcher all these cows because of the carbon footprint that everything is making wow. and it's like so all these people are like you know can't eat can't eat meat anymore um, but the, even the way, and I'm way for being uh, a, a climate uh, or for stewarding the earth yeah. well, because that's part of our dominion mandate. It's part of the mandate that God gave people to steward the earth well. Um, but the way it's going about is actually anti-human, um, where you have to make your, your presence as small as possible and you can't affect the planet um because the planet is more sacred than you are and that's that's a, a reversal of what you know god said so when i look at all of these areas there's ways that the enemy has twisted something that uh, is good um that we should you know be partaking in right. um but he's twisted it all um and so the biggest area right now and it's june so everybody's talking about it mm -hmm. um the biggest thing would be uh sexual behavior sexual morality yeah and um and basically like so women uh we are made uh, you and i were talking about this earlier we are made um to have huge amounts of compassion yeah um for those that we see are marginalized or oppressed. And um, I think that that is a good and God-given aspect of femininity specifically. Absolutely. Um, 
but I feel that it's being manipulated right now. So the, the, the thing that's being claimed is that um, the LGBTQ you know, community is marginalized. Therefore, we need to lift them up um, so that they're not bullied. Um, and I am not for bullying anyone or for or demeaning the image of God in any individual. Right. Um, but the, it's come to such an extreme that um, what happens is that the enemy tempts us. Um, he, it, it happened in the garden where it was like his, his way of tempting was um, his strategy was always to separate mm -hmm. and then destroy. And yeah. so if God made you in his image, we'll talk about the transgender thing right now. Mm -hmm. If God made you in his image, then um, the thing that the enemy will whisper to you is God made a mistake. Mm. He made your male soul. He put it in this female body mm. and you have to now butcher yourself in order to make your inside and your outside match. Right. And how has it become a compassionate response to say that's okay butcher yourself like mar the image that god created into and and mold yourself into this other thing yeah and i don't understand how that's spoken of as compassionate anymore uh it's like no like you've just marred yourself and 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 so now the thing is that as you know grown-ups in a country that um, loves freedom. We've said, you know what, you go ahead and do that. If you're an adult, you know, you do what you do. You, yeah. uh, that's what we've said, yeah. which, you know, that's debatable. Um, but the place I think where I and many mothers have just said, Oh, this madness has to stop is that they are. And I, I am, this is not an exaggeration. They are chemically castrating children. Yes. Um, they are surgically mutilating their bodies and sterilizing them before they're old enough to uh, go back to this Genesis 1 mandate, which is to be fruitful and multiply. So they're stopping their generations. Yes. And it is, it's appalling and it's terrible because these children don't know what they're doing. And so many um, people have gone through this type of surgery and then regretted it because of the level of complications. I am also a nurse. So what you're doing is you're taking someone who is under the age of 20 and you're giving them a medically unnecessary procedure that will then give them complications for the rest of their life. Wow. Yeah. And so they will have, they will have to have more surgeries. They will have to be on medication for the foreseeable future. And I know, you know, I know people who are diabetic, who are type one diabetics, and none of them had a choice in whether or not they had to be on insulin for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that their families would have never elected to make them such that they would have to have insulin for the rest of their lives. Right. And this is mothers and fathers taking their children to these gender um, clinics and then willingly making the um, taking the step to put their children on medication for the next 60 years, the next 70 years. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how this is compassion. This is not compassion. This is complete brainwashing. And that is what the enemy has done is he said, um, he, he's tricked us into destroying our own selves and our own generations. And so he doesn't have to do it. We just do his dirty work for him. Right. And I'm like, so bonus points to the devil because now he's gotten us to destroy ourselves. Yeah. 
in the name of compassion, in the name of, well, we don't want them to kill themselves. And I, I agree. I don't want anybody to, to, um, to commit suicide, but the, the leap that has happened that has said, oh, well, you'd rather have like a live daughter than a dead son. Well, but how did that leap come about? Because that leap in logic is not real. That's not a, there's nothing that proves that this, this person will kill themselves yeah. if you don't change them. It's actually the opposite. Um, statistically, um, and I, I don't have the study in front of me right now, but um, but there are multiple studies that have been actually censored that are saying this, um, that the rise in people who have had gender assignment uh, surgery who now have regret is, um, I think it's something like 30%, at least 30%. Wow. Um, and then we're also, there is a, there is a social contagion portion of it. So what's happening is that children are children who are very malleable in their minds are being targeted by these activists and not, I wouldn't say like, I have friends and family who are, um, who are homosexual, who would never dream of putting this thing in front of little children. Yeah. Um, and, but these, these activists are, and these little children are, their minds are being, conditioned to think these types of things are normal and they're being conditioned to question themselves. And then you have a complete breakdown of all of the framework that used to keep us together. So they're, they're the um, church framework mm -hmm. has gone away because people don't go to church anymore. Yeah. And then you have the civic framework, which is crumbling. You have the extended family framework that has fallen. And so there's these kids that have been separated not just from God, but also from a community that would come around them and help them understand who they are. And now you now you have another step up that is if you are a white kid, like you're not allowed to be um, proud of your heritage anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so then you you take nationality out because you're a Nazi if you say you're proud, you know, to be an American or proud to be a Frenchman or something. Yeah. Um, and so like you've taken that away from children as well. So they have no common identity or way of expressing themselves. And then here come these LGBTQ activists who say, hey, we'll give you a community. We'll give you a message. We'll give you something that stirs your heart to, to compassion and then makes you have this battle cry. And it feels like this uniting, rallying thing to be an ally. And that's, that's their Pied Piper song. So they, the last hundred years has been dedicated to breaking down society. And now this is coming in saying, I will replace what we broke down with my ideology. Right. And here's all these little children who are just like, okay, because they don't know any better. And then you have their compassionate mothers who are like, okay, like we really do want to be kind to other people. So this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, what? That, that Like your view of <laughs> kindness is not okay. Yes. Like, it's not really kind. And I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but I had this moment where the Lord spoke to me real forcefully, which he usually speaks in the quietness of my heart or through the word of God. Yeah. But I'm outside in my, in my backyard and I had a big pot and I hadn't planted anything in the pot. And there were these tiny little weeds. And I had this moment where I was like, Oh, they're so cute. I'm just going to let them grow because they're cute <laughs> and they're tiny. And the Lord was like, no, see the end from the beginning. And what looks cute now is going to grow into a weed with lots of roots. Wow. And then you're going to have to deal with it in its mature form. And that's not going to be good. It's not going to be okay.
That's so awesome. And <laughs> it hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm a very compassionate person. I'm a very like, yeah, go for it. Like, yeah. sure, I'll say yes. Like, I, it's easier for me to say yes than no. Uh-huh. Like, my default is yes. Um, and so the Lord has had to show me where, through my husband in a lot of ways, but <laughs> where you have the firm boundaries that are like, if you don't hold these things strictly, then you will destroy yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I feel, and that takes me to the spot where uh, I think even in the church, we've thought of sexuality as either immoral or moral based on your individual actions, mm-hmm. um, which is true. Um, but uh, I was just reading uh, one of our favorite, or I was listening to one of our favorite people, Dr. Michael Heiser, mm-hmm. um, preach through Leviticus, or not preach, but um, go through Leviticus. And he talked about the holiness code, which is Leviticus 17 to 26, which is all these ways that Israel and specifically the priesthood was to be different from the the countries around them. And um, Dr. Heiser said this thing, and it was so important. And it was that God um, picked Israel and he wanted them to display um, his holiness and his goodness and they had to not destroy themselves so that they could be around to accomplish his purposes. Wow. And so that they did not destroy themselves, there is this, there is a, a, a specific part that has sexual immorality. And he said that part was meant to say what is uh, too similar uh, to unite with and what is different to unite with. And then how you are to protect the family that has been formed when the different parts unite. So I was like, whoa, I had never thought about it in that way. And we've become so individualized in the way we view our behavior just in general. Yes. Mm -hmm. That um, it doesn't matter how my behavior affects the whole. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and so whether it's sexuality, whether it's, you know, all kinds of different things, we, it's become out of fashion for us to worry about how our, our actions affect those around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, wow. and so, so what he said is, um, if it is too similar, meaning it, if it is your family, your blood family, or if it is the same gender or sex as you, then it's out of bounds. Mm. Um, and then if it's, then you unite with, with the different part and that makes a whole, and then that creates a new family. Um, and then you are to shepherd and watch over that family. And so all of the things that would infringe upon the health of that unit have to be guarded against, which is why fathers would be so protective of their daughters and why, um, you would be very mindful of your generations and your name in the earth continuing Um, And why the promise of children was so important because the name had to continue in the earth so that the, the purpose of God is accomplished in the earth. And, and so I've said, Oh gosh, like I look around and I'm like, we have completely thrown that concept out the window where the enemy has come in and said like, Oh, well, if you repress this, then it's repressed and it's going to come out in a ugly way. Like Mm -hmm. Freud would say that. And that's actually a lie. That's not true. Like it's where I have taken myself as a living sacrifice to Jesus. And I've said here, Lord, this is my, my, uh, I think the message calls it your everyday walking around life. Yeah. I, I have given that to the Lord and I have surrendered my right as a Christian to my own 
um, sense of what is good, Mm -hmm. my own sense of right and wrong. And I've now adopted the sense that God has about my life. And God happens to care about your generations. God happens to care about the family unit. And he happens to care about like continuing that line so that the earth will be blessed. And, um, and so anyway, that's, that's kind of, uh, my, my little spiel. I don't know if you have, uh, thoughts that uh, you'd like to add. Yeah. The thing, I mean, there was so many powerful um, uh, statements that, that you made in light of uh, the the revelation that you've received, not just from uh, Dr. Michael Heiser and Leviticus, but just everything that you shared. One of the things that um, as you were talking, uh, the Lord reminded me of a scripture. He reminded me of several mm-hmm. scriptures, but one in particular was uh, out of Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And here uh, Daniel has seen a vision. He's got an angel there that is, uh, that's kind of, he's able to ask this angel questions and the Lord, and, and he's telling him what's going on as he sees this vision. But in verse 25, it, it's talking about, um, the adversary of God is talking about the devil is talking about the enemy. And this is one of the things that it says that, uh, is a part of his scheme and he shall speak. And again, I'm, I'm reading out of the King James. I may look at another translation in a minute, but it says, and he talking of this adversary, Satan, the devil shall speak great words against the most high. And he shall wear out the saints of the most high and think to, this is, this is, this is his plan. This is his ultimate goal and think to change times and laws Mm. as they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. So uh, just to break that down, like I said, I read it out of the King James, uh, just to, uh, look at another translation of this. This is what it says in the Amplified in verse 25. It says, um, He will speak words against the Most High God and wear down the saints of God, the saints of the Most High, and He will intend to change the time and the law, and they will be given into His hands for a time. So here's a prophetic picture of. A, a time when it seems as though in, in in this, it says the angel said to Daniel that it looks as though it's going to be given into his hands for a time. And when we look mm-hmm. at our nation, when we look at the world, when we look at culture, it seems like uh, uh, the world has gone upside down really with, yeah. with people just losing their mind. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen some, some, some things that just, there are no words for. They're just absolutely no words mm. for. I saw an interview where this uh, mathematician was uh, talking to a, a, um, a, a interviewer, and she said that uh, to think that two plus two is four is racist. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it's like okay, so <laughs> you know you you just think okay, I'm from the south, so all I could say was bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> It's the kindest. It's the kindest. That's the kindest (laughs) response. But uh, and there's a lot underneath that. Bless your heart. But um, but the other thing, the other scripture that that God reminded me of, he's first of all, this is the plot of the enemy to change the times and laws. And Mm. we again, we 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 know that springboard is 
his purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the only reason mm. he comes. And it and and it and it's after the image of God in the earth. And he's mm-hmm. after everything that belongs to God in the earth. And so I then thought about Genesis chapter eleven, uh, when uh, all of the peoples of the earth gathered at Shinar to build this tower, and the mm-hmm. reason that was given uh, by the people uh, that were being motivated by um, Nimrod at that point, but it said we want to come and do this to make a name for mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so the enemy is always attempting to uh, change the times and laws by uh, by uh, distorting or completely eliminating the image of God in the earth, and mm-hmm. and 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 in turn, what he does with people who who are fighting, uh, who sometimes don't even know that they are under the influence of this. Uh, this spirit war that's going on, that they are being used as pawns for that purpose. Again, the, 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 the underlying purpose is to eliminate the image of God in the, in, the, in the image of God in the family, the image of God in the male, what a male is, what a, what mm-hmm. a woman is, all, uh, uh, what, what a family is, what a child is, all of those different things. Uh, the whole purpose is to eliminate the image of God because in that way, when you do that, you destroy everything. And, and even your reading out of Leviticus and the reason why. One of the things that um, one of my uh, mentors and spiritual mothers, Dr. Patty Amsden, she and I had the privilege here not too long ago to do a conference together called Keepers of the Gate. And it's something mm. that the Lord has been talking to me about because, you know, he tells us in... Uh, second or first Peter that we are a royal priesthood and I think that when we think about the priesthood especially from a New Testament uh, paradigm we often think that that's an Old Testament um, concept the, mm-hmm. the priesthood but it says to us right there in first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 you are a uh, a chosen generation and you are a royal priesthood. So mm-hmm. if we don't understand and know what the what the responsibilities of the priesthood are, it's not just to worship God and offer sacrifices, but the priesthood also represented being a gatekeeper, a keeper mm. of the holy. And one of the things that Dr. Patty says is that uh, keeper holy in this context is meaning just to, to being a keeper of the whole the wholeness mm. of what the family by by God's definition, not by ours trying to make a name for ourselves, the, mm-hmm. the keeper of the holy is keeping it whole so that it functions in the only way that God designed it to function. I, I, I saw an interview with a, um, uh, a young woman who for the longest time uh, lived the life she she identified as male, and she actually was uh, taking the hormones and her you know uh, shots to change her voice, and she was just about to go through the through the surgery, and she had an encounter with the Lord, and she 
she met the Lord and in, and she had a vision. The Lord gave her a vision and she said she saw on one side, it was like a split screen. And on one side, she saw a man and a woman. And on the other side, she saw a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And she said uh, on the side of the, the, that was the man and the woman, she saw uh, a whole line, down line, I'll use that phrase, mm. of, uh, of people, of children who had children, who had children, who had children. Mm. But on the uh, other side of the screen, uh, there was a red line under the man and the man and the woman and the woman because they no longer had the ability, no matter what type of uh, surgery you had done, they no longer had the ability to produce or, mm -hmm. to, or to be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. And so my, my thought in this is that every, every, every attempt of the enemy is, again, to not only distort and pervert the image of God, but to literally stop the plan of the beautiful plan of wholeness uh, mm. of God from from uh, propagating in the earth, and and so we do need to take our rightful place as king, uh, as royal priesthood because part of our responsibility as a royal priesthood is to be a keeper of the holy keeper of the gate. And, and like you were talking about earlier with that, and as we were both talking those mama bears, I think more so than anything, what we're seeing is I, 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 I am, I'm a dad. I love my children, but I, I tell you what, there's something, uh, if, if you, if you try to mess with a, a child. Now, as a dad, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to defend. I will. I, I heard a comedian say this one time and it was so true because <laughs> I'm sort of like a daddy. I'm, I'm sort of like a girl dad. I love my, I love my boys. <laughs> I love my girls, but I am a girl dad. I, I, I don't <laughs> mind admitting that to you, but I heard this comedian respond. He said, uh, you know, the first time he had a child, it was a son. And he looked in the eyes of this little bundle of joy his son for the first time and his thought was i'll die for this kid i will die for this kid mm -hmm. and he said a few years later then he had a little girl and he looked into the eyes of this bundle of joy and he said i will kill for this kid <laughs> <laughs> and so one step further <laughs> i know and so but but one of the things that i've seen whether it's a boy or a girl when there the 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 love of a mom turns her into something more than just a, a, a nurturer she becomes mm -hmm. a, a she becomes a force to be reckoned with and i really see that as an innate quality given by god to do as you were talking about in light of leviticus and that is to defend and keep holy to to you know we we say that even uh, when we take oaths. I was in the Navy, and yes. uh, my my oath that I gave uh, was to protect and defend uh, this nation. Mm -hmm. And that's part of anything that you love, anything that you've been given a steward to 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 steward over. That that's that's going to be one of those inherent qualities 
is to defend it and to mm-hmm. and to keep it whole, to keep it mm. functioning in the way. I mean, we do that with our cars for crying out loud. You spend yeah. $45,000, $50,000 for a car, you're you're mm-hmm. going to do everything <laughs> you can to keep it whole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you, you're going to try to keep it out of car wrecks. You're going to do your best to, to, you know, not run red light so that, you know, you, you, you total it. You're everything you do is because not because you necessarily love it like you love a child, but because you've been given steward over it and because you invested in it and because it takes you back uh, to your work or to church or to the place you want to get, you want to make sure that anything that you are a steward over, you keep it whole. And so I feel like that that's one of the things that we're seeing right now with this onslaught and assault of all of the things that are attempting to distort pervert destroy the image of God in the earth there is now a time for those of us who've been given stewardship and I'm like you I do believe that that there's there's a responsibility to be a steward of over the earth but not to be not to be think that the earth is greater than a human uh, a human's uh uh right to live yes Yes, like that value that God placed yeah. on humanity. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, humans were the crown of creation. Absolutely. Uh, not, uh, and, and it wasn't the other way around, yeah. you know. So that, yes. Well, and what, do you, what you say about the wholeness is very interesting because uh, in, in the Leviticus podcast, Dr. Heiser was talking about, um, there was a lot of attention paid to who could be a priest. Mm. And it was not anyone who had a defect. (laughs) And so most of us with 21st century sensibilities are like, oh, they were prejudiced. They wouldn't allow someone with a birth defect to be a priest. Mm. And that wasn't the point of it. The point of it was actually to say we live in a fallen world and sometimes things happen which mar creation, which... Um, because there is sin and death in the world should not happen, but it, uh, it, and most of us have at least one thing, which Mars are our person. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but so, uh, uh, someone who didn't have a limb couldn't be a priest, mm. um, and it had to be a man. And the reason it had to be those two things is because the man had to be a representative of how creation should be. Wow. Not that um, someone who was imperfect wasn't a full human, but you were aware that if you're not whole, you're not um, reflecting the uh, the original intent of yeah. the creator. Yeah. And so, and and the the priests within their own marriages, it had to be different. So, like a Levite could marry um, anyone from you know their their tribe. But um, and they could marry widows mm-hmm. um, or someone who had been divorced, but mm-hmm. the high priest couldn't. Yeah. The high priest could only marry a virgin from his own people. And so, and the point of that was not because everyone else was dirty or messed up, it was because it was a representation um, for humanity, which has now been marred. And, um, and that, you know, and we spend a lot of time uh, in the heartbreak of the tension 
of our fallen state, our yeah. fallen nature. And I think that with compassion, so many people have said, oh, well, you know, we've fallen. And so instead of mourning the loss of um, our fall, we celebrate our fall now. Yeah, yeah. And and we've said, oh, well, broken is beautiful. And it's like, well, you know, there is beauty that God takes out of brokenness. And if you surrender your brokenness to him, he does create beauty out of it. Yes. Um, but instead of surrendering our brokenness to the Lord, we've said, no, I'm this broken pot and nothing can can come through me now. But nobody mess with me because that's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like it's such it's such hubris. It's such pride. You know, if I can, if I can borrow that term, um, that we've instead of surrendering ourselves to our Maker, who knows us well, and who understands His original intention for us, and would have us not act in a way that would destroy us beyond recognition, um, you know, if we surrender ourselves to Him, He can make us whole again. Absolutely, and that is the redemption that Jesus offers us through the cross um, and through His blood. That that is retroactively, you know, redemptive of of the ways that we have broken ourselves or the world has broken us or wounded us. And um, so instead of celebrating redemption, we celebrate brokenness. Mm, wow. And and then we we take ourselves away from the God who could repair us yeah. because we're too stubborn to return to him. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I always, um, very often, you know, when we do inner healing, we use that, um, that the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, mm -hmm. you know, and the father didn't leave his, um, his, his place. He didn't leave his abode. He actually waited for the son to finish his dissipation, <laughs> realize what had happened and come home. Amen. And I think as Christians, we've become so compassionate towards brokenness that we've we've actually gone and said it's okay to be broken it's okay to be this way uh we're not going to judge you and it's not about not judging it's about is the lifestyle you're leading causing you and your generations to either be stopped or to be broken from here on out absolutely yeah and like is that compassionate or good of us to say this is okay just wreck your family, wreck your life and continue in it. We'll, we'll support you. Um, no, that's not okay. Not. And so one of the things that I think we've done is instead of having the compassion of the father who is for his heart is for his lost son, but he doesn't, um, he doesn't change what he believes is good or right. Yeah. Um, he waits for his son to realize what has happened and he welcomes him back with open arms. Um, and I think that we miss that. We go too far in saying, oh, well, this is compassion. Um, I'm sorry, that's not compassion. Like you've crossed into enabling. And when you cross into enabling, you give someone enough rope to hang themselves with and they continue their destruction of themselves. Yes. Um, and, and we just have gotten so blinded um, by by activists who call us bigots for having, you know, traditional morality views. Um, we've, we've gotten, Oh, well, we don't want to be viewed as bigots or called bigots because then no one will come to us anymore. Yeah. And our reputation is wrecked. And it's like, 
so we're going to lose the very thing that makes us peculiar, yeah. makes us that royal priesthood in order to reach out to these people. But then when we reach out to them, we have nothing left to offer them because we've compromised so far that we've lost our saltiness. We've lost our light and we can't then rescue anyone um, because our, our stance has become so compromised by trying to be viewed as compassionate. Wow. And, um, and I just feel like we have to say, search our heart and say, was I ugly? Was I evil? Was I mean? And like, actually legitimately say like, you know, Lord, if I was, um, unkind or, or judgy to this person, like, please father, like, forgive me for judging that person. Um, and that's not my heart. My heart is for restoration. And so you, when you go to your doctor and your doctor says like, Hey, sweetie, you need to lose a few pounds, (laughs) which uh, by the way, I have doctors who can't do that anymore. I know personally doctors who've been complained on for telling their, their patients, they need to lose weight. Um, and so they won't tell you that anymore. And so now we have everybody all, you know, harming themselves. Um, like, you know, I mean, my own personal doctor should she should have given me a lecture <laughs> because I could stand to lose about thirty pounds, but she didn't. She just was like, mm-hmm, "Yep, you need to stay on it," and that was all she said. Wow. wow. So, um, but so that's the place where we are, where everybody is so afraid of saying what is true that we're just sitting there and letting letting people destroy themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and we don't have to be controlling or make decisions for them. I'm not saying like you go and make somebody stop, uh, stop being gay. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I have an alternative view of this that works. So it's right here if you would like it. And I highly recommend it, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, one of those like people who, uh, what is it? Uh, somebody was talking about with the culture wars. He's like, we're either going to have Christian nationalism or gay Sharia. And there's no, there's no alternative to those two options. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. But, um, but I, I do think that so much of what keeps Christians from talking is this label of being bigots or being theocratic. Yeah. And I would say that my, my personal stance is not theocratic my personal stance is like, let's protect humanity. Yeah. Um, but I, and sometimes that means like not doing what you feel like doing. Right. And sometimes that means making laws in, in accordance with that, that are perfectly common sense and good. But like that concept gets lost in the extremist language. Yeah. And then we shut up because we're afraid of being labeled as extremist or as phobic of something. And, um, and so we've been quiet because we don't want to be labeled phobic or extremist. And the, the problem is that we can't um, twist ourselves into pretzels enough for any activist to be acceptable to them. Yeah. Because yeah. Christ is always offensive. He, he, like, he was judicially murdered. Yeah. Like, he, like there is never a time where Jesus was so inoffensive that he didn't make someone mad with what he said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have to say like, I am his follower. Therefore I know that the world will hate me. And I know that the world will misunderstand what I'm trying to say. And I know they will paint me in a certain way. And I will, um, I will have to bear the consequences of that. Yeah. And, um, and that's okay because that's what he did. And like, 
we, you know, we follow in his footsteps. And so if he was, if he was ostracized and mocked, then we will be ostracized and mocked. Absolutely. And I think we have to come to that spot as believers and say like, um, you can misunderstand me if you want to, but I can't agree with you. Like I cannot affirm this thing. Um, I love you. And therefore I cannot affirm this thing. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of the spot where, um, I feel so passionately about like, um, that it is, that it's just the enemy trying to destroy us and trying to, um, destroy our generations. Well, you know, so, the thing that's interesting to me is, as you were talking, I had this, this thought is somewhat humorous, but, but it, it holds true. Of course, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about several, uh, different adages. One is, uh, the two year old who needs his diaper change, uh, <laughs> and the fit that they throw when you try to yes. help them. And I, and, and, you know, they're so, I mean, at that moment they are, they are screaming to the top of their lungs. And if we t- uh, said that, to keep them in a dirty, dirty diaper is compassion. Uh, yes. People would think that's ludicrous. You know, no, because uh, at that age or at that point, they have no grid, no concept or idea that what you're doing is 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 helping and benefiting. And that's why there's such a need to have parents or such a need to have the mama bears or a mm. need to have the, the, the priests the, to step in their priestly roles because uh, otherwise, I mean, there you'd have someone who's, who's sitting in their own uh, mess for the, mm. for the rest of their lives or, and, 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 and that's not, that's not helpful or beneficial. And the other thought I thought was, you know, um, if you, if you have a car that, uh, again, using that, that example of a vehicle, automobile, but if you had a car, and I know people are going to laugh at this, you have a gas-powered engine car that identifies as an electric car, <laughs> and it, 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 it's without oil. And you just, out of compassion, decide that you're not going to put oil in it because it identifies as an electric car. <laughs> you are going to blow the engine. Yes. And 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 so we see that in very practical ways. I hope some people do. I hope uh, in very practical ways and in and in, in, in things in life. And this is where we are right now. Um, Again, so I feel like, you know, we talk about it the very, uh, even in our introduction, we say our, our goal is to inform, equip, and mobilize. So I, I, I'm praying that what we'll, what this uh, podcast uh, will do and has done is mobilize you to know that uh, being in that role, just as Megan said earlier, uh, of being uh, one who wants to keep the image of God holy in the earth, you're going to be ostracized because it's not about uh, being uh, accepted or popular. You're going to, you're going to offend. Jesus did, but for the purpose of keeping the purpose and plan of God whole in the earth. And so I know we could talk, we could talk forever on this topic. I, first of all, when the two of us get together, we, we, we could talk 
for three days without <laughs> probably taking a breath. Uh, but we did want to just come on and just during this time, just let you know, first of all, again, that the whole premise and the original intent of everything that the father, that the creator does is for the purpose of uh, his image being manifest because he is whole. He is holy. Mm. He is whole. He's complete. Uh, there's nothing about him that's flawed. And what he wants to do with us, even as his sons and daughters, is for us to bear his image uh, mm. in, in every aspect of our lives. And so I pray that our time together on this episode has kind of sparked you, has kind of uh, ignited you to not feel as though uh, you you have to just be silent or quiet uh, about things that are that are coming against your family, coming against your what, what what how you how you walk in life because God has given you that unalienable right and our our constitution backs that. So, um, so I just, uh, I'm, I'm just thrilled and excited that I, uh, get to have these conversations, uh, with, uh, my, my, my partner in, in kingdom crime, I should say, uh, <laughs> Megan, but also that we get to share this with you, our, our listeners. And so, um, we're going to bring this one to a close, but uh, join us again uh, the next time we're together. Uh, we've got some more fun and exciting topics. We could, we, like I said, we could talk all day. Who knows? We may even do a part two of this, but uh, <laughs> but uh, join us again. We are so thrilled that you are here and uh, just want to let you know we, we do this because we love you and we love uh, who Father has created you, and we will always stand with you for what God has created you to release in the earth. And we, everything we do is for the purpose of getting you to know your destiny today. So on behalf of Megan Ortega, my co-host, I'm Anthony Turner, and we say we love you, God bless you, and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to Your Destiny Today with Anthony Turner and Megan Ortega. To join us each week, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. To find out more or to invite Anthony to your next conference or event, go to destinymi.com. And you can contact Megan at info at BV, that's info at Freedom Prayer Bravo Victor.org.